what's going whoa we're backwards what's going on here oh man let's uh let's fix this real quick i don't like that there we go that's better <laughs> welcome to the show everyone i'm robert slavinsky and with me today is darth yombo what's going on man What's going on, man? Bracing the dark side, I guess, for this week. So good to be back after a little bit of an absence. But and, um... well, last week you were going to be one of the Inquisitors, so you didn't show up for that show. So this week you'll be yeah, a, you'll be a thankfully. Thankfully, technology has uh, sunk back up, so it's good to uh, be back, and we have a lot to get through. So yeah, we do going to be a uh, quick, quick hitting show for sure. So. Well, again, for those of you who are new to our show or just coming back, our setup is pretty simple. The first 10, 15 minutes of the show consists of a few hot topics from the past week, be it reactions, reviews, newsworthy items to discuss. The rest of the show is then dedicated to a main topic of the week. This week, we're staying in a galaxy far, far away. We were in there last week. We're back in it this week as we discuss Star Wars Celebration and rank the Star Wars films. So if you're watching live, we encourage you to comment in the live chat on the topics we're discussing and discussing, I can't talk, and get the conversation moving. But let's get that all out of the way. Uh, I know, Ken, you want to do a kind of quick hits, like Ken's 10 quick hits or something like that over the past week. So go ahead, take it away. Do you have your notes up? Go for it. Yep, I'm good. I'm good to go. All right, so I'm gonna make this as ten minutes as possible. So six twelve will be the target. So, um, just quickly, I wanted to. Um, I know it's been a couple weeks, but I wanted to give my reaction to the multiverse of madness, and um, kind of in the boat of eh, like that kind of. Uh, it was an interesting movie for sure, but I felt like it was lacking, certainly in some ways. I felt like for a movie that was obviously labeled, and we highlighted this as a concern before the movie, that we have, some people might have astronomical expectations, and they kind of, I guess, fell short of that. In a way, I felt I felt like the whole Illuminati sequence was awesome, and the way that it ended was absolutely crazy, so... Um, for me, seven, seven, more like a six or a seven when it sh could have been like an eight or a nine. So that's kind of where I stand with that. And um, so we're getting getting that off in one of the more older topics. So we're good. We saw the She-Hulk trailer not too long ago. Mm -hmm. um, I believe it released days escaping. Last week. Me, it was last week. It came last out. week. Yep. So I. It's interesting for sure. I'm kind of surprised that a show that's focused on a character like this has nine episodes when a show like Moon Knight, which which is another concern that we brought up when we were talking about Moon Knight. It's like we could use so many more episodes. And um, it's just interesting that a character like Moon Knight would have six and um, She-Hulk would have like nine. So it's definitely an interesting um, proposition. It looks good. The VFX definitely could have been a lot more refined which is what i believe they did they i believe they re-released the trailer either today or yesterday with improved vfx so it's interesting that the fan backlash on some of the vfx shots has been affected already kind of like some sonic the hedgehog sort of uh scenario um so i've i feel yeah, like we, yep we actually, yeah actually i think uh if i pull it up here maybe i can find it real quick because um there was a comparison of these vfx shots yes that have mm -hmm. recently changed. Let me see if I can uh, share this here. So, yeah, I mean, I don't see the 
big difference. I see a slight difference. Obviously, you can see this is the new version here on this side. Yeah. It does look a bit better than this. Over Hair here. looks refined a lot yeah, more. Yeah, and, and I mean, I I kind of figured they were going to go that route. I figured the trailer wasn't a complete, you know, uh, you know, they weren't complete with the CGI. But here's another one. This one looks nope. actually a lot better right here for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the the thing that you know that's. It, I think it's to be expected. I don't think it's from fan backlash. I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, oh, this happened because of the fan backlash. I don't think that's what it was at all. Right, yeah. It's it's interesting, though. It's uh, it, Marvel tends to have their ear to the ground when it comes to fan whispers. So it's just interesting, little cor- correlation. But um, So going on to a little more of a... I don't know. It's been a weird experience watching the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial like kind of play <laughs> out in public. I, like, the... Is it just me or like it's just been really it's been funny and uncomfortable at times. But um, in the trial, yeah. in the trial, the, the her deposition kind of revealed some spoilers for Aquaman, too. And uh, so did James. Um, so did uh, Walter Hamada as well. He testified on Johnny Depp's behalf and kind of revealed some spoilers for it. But it seems like um, seems like Amber Heard's role has been cut to a minimum or maximum of about 10 minutes, it seems like. And even then, yeah. some of those scenes might even just be completely uh, written off. So my question to you would be, would you just recast the character or just write her off into the sunset as, you know, I I honestly think that the best idea would be to, um, you know, just write her off in a way. Mira is not an overly important character when it comes to Aquaman, in my opinion, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say, I've read every Aquaman comic or anything like that, but, I think that the the idea of Aquaman of you know Arthur Curry dealing with the split you know being human being Atlantean and then becoming king and all that I think that is all more interesting than his relationship with Mira. So honestly I think if they can find a way that whether it's in this film or you know if they make a third film however if they find a way to write her off and just let it go then that's the way they should go. I, I know that some people want to see her uh, recast. They want Amelia Clark to come in or something like that. Right. Honestly, I don't think that's necessary because you can always bring in a new character. You can bring in a different character that could be his love interest. You don't have to follow the comics to a T in that regard. So should they recast? No, I don't think they should recast. I think they just need to write her off and bring in a new character, in my opinion. Agreed. I think that's the most optimal route for what's going on since I believe the stain that's been put on her career is kind of indelible and um, it's going to be tough to, I guess, for studios and just producers and and everything to kind of look past what's going on right now. So yeah, it's going to be a tough break for Amber Heard looking forward, but for right now, it seems like she's still in it, but we'll just see if she'll still be in it. So staying on Warner Bros, um, I read something interesting today where it says that the title read that Warner Bros is frustrated with J.J. Abrams <laughs> and the lack of, I guess, development of some of the DC properties that he kind of, in a way, earmarked as properties that he would like to take over. And I just find it interesting because I know that his production company, Bad Robot, did sign a pretty lengthy and lucrative contract with Warner Bros to... I guess be the facility to kind of have like a partnership. And um, mm-hmm. I know they were supposed to take over the justice league dark and there's supposed to be 
uh, HBO Max series about Constantine and all that. So I just want to get your thoughts on that, see what you think about all that and what's going on between J.J. Abrams and Warner Bros. You know, sitting here and, and <laughs> you know, I I was a big fan of J.J. I've been a big fan of J.J. Abrams. I know that some people don't like some of the things he does. And honestly, I'm not going to sit there and say that I've liked everything he does. But I was really interested in looking forward to what he could bring to the Warner Brothers and more specifically to the DC brand. Uh, just because I, I like his style. I like the way that he he attacks stories. I get I've read that Superman Lives script. It is horrendous. Yeah. But that was almost 20 years ago. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that, okay, maybe he's learned over time and he has a different creative team behind him that would probably lead him in a better direction if he were to, to write some of these superheroes. So I was looking forward to it, uh, but I'm with Warner Brothers. I'm with a lot of people. This was back in 2019. We're in 2022, midway through, and we don't Pretty much anything. crickets. Pretty we have nothing. Yeah. He he was a producer. He and Bad Robot were a producer on Lovecraft Country, which was a phenomenal show that HBO series got yeah. canceled after the first season. But it was, you know, that I think that's like the only thing he's done for HBO, maybe one other thing. So I, I'd like to see where things are going because there was a point in time, I want to say it was in late 2020 as the pandemic, as things were starting to open back up, we started hearing a lot about Justice League Dark. And then it just kind of went away. So I, yeah. I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah, no, no, it's going to be, um, I, I want to see what happens, but it's really disappointing that we really haven't gotten an update because I believe those properties in his hands would be pretty cool. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, but more, more lighter note, I found it funny that uh, Zack Snyder respond. So the, the fact that the boys have their own, like their complete, copy of marvel in terms of in universe like merchandise and cinematic universe and stuff yeah. it's totally hilarious so in season three i guess they'll be marketing dawn of the seven which they were shooting during season two like dur during the show and um they released like a little trailer for the bork cut who's the director of the dawn of the seven within the show that and yep, perfect. And um, yeah, I just found this hilarious, and I just wanted to get your take on this because the fact that I mean, he responded is hilarious on the two-year anniversary of the Snyder Cut getting announced. So yeah, it's, I wish um, I could find it. I they would. Um, excited to see your vision realized is what he yep. says. Yeah, I mean, Zach Snyder. We know he has a great sense of humor. We know that he is just a great human being all around, and uh, he's one of those kind of people that he'll do things. He's meta, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Like he, he's willing to make fun of himself as well as have fun with things, and that's what he does. And that's kind of what he did here. You know, the Dawn of the Seven, the Bork cut. We know that is one hundred percent a knock on the Snyder cut of the Justice League. Hundred percent. So he's gonna have fun with it. You know, he's not gonna take offense to it because yeah, no. what happened with everything was amazing, was great. So uh, Zach is just a great person. I hope one day I get to meet him or talk to him at least because I'd love to just pick his brain about things. But yeah, I, I think it's great. Yeah, no, I uh, I'm on the same record with you of trying to meet him at some point. That would be a definitely fangirl moment for sure. So <laughs> definitely we'll look forward to that. And the last two things I want to touch on are Marvel related. So Daredevil's back. Um, hmm. Seems like Charlie Cox's Daredevil will be returning on Disney Plus, and um, just interesting that it 
the reports not conflict each other, but seems like it might be a continuation of the original series, but it might be different. So I just wanted to know what you thought of maybe like a middle ground in terms of, yes, they could pick up some plot, plot threads that were left behind in the original Netflix, but maybe put their own spin to it in their own universe. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, I, I think we've talked about this before. I don't mind if they sway from what we got on Netflix, as long as they keep a similar tone uh, and not get too Marvel-y. I, I don't know right. if that makes sense. We'll talk more about that next week on our, on our show because we're going to really dive into Marvel again. But I don't want them to get away from what made that show so popular. And that's the only thing I'm worried about. Besides that... As long as they bring back, obviously they're bringing back Charlie Cox and, and yep. Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, if they bring back the guy who played Foggy, Foggy, and, yep, and yep. Um, what's her name? Um, Wolf. Um, uh, yeah, Deborah Ann Wool, but yep. I can't remember where the character is. But yeah, if they bring them back, I I, I've already heard that they've talked about possibly changing the actress who played. Um, Electra, which I don't like because I really liked her as Electra, so I'd like to see her come okay. back as well. But uh, I, I think we also heard today that, uh, again, it's rumored, it's not confirmed, that Kristen Ritter will be returning as Jessica Jones as well. So it looks like they're probably going to keep the Defenders, at least most of them. And I think we've been hearing that for a while. So I'm all for it. I, again, just don't change what made those right. shows so popular great and then the last topic is a little bit of um i guess controversial for me but it's um it's the agreement that marvel and the stan lee estate have reached to use him in i guess his image and likeness in future projects and i guess different establishments and stuff so me personally i'm a little bit on the fence about this but um i know they've pulled it off in the star wars universe but i don't know I, what's your take on this this is uh it's a little bit of a touchy subject i guess depending on where you stand on it. I think they should have gone a different route uh, because everybody was looking for the Stanley cameos for the last, you know, 10, 11, 12 years, whatever it was. And we've all loved it. And we all love Stan Lee. But I think that, you know, I think they should have gone in a different direction with the cameo. I think they should have changed it. Honestly, yeah. I think, I think at this point in time, they should have a Kevin Feige cameo. Yeah. You know, yep. he is the mastermind behind Mind what this has become. We see, yep. so. And yes, Stan Lee is the, he's the, you know, the first building block in that. Right. But Kevin Feige, it, you know, up this there. would not have happened without him over the last 12 definitely years. On the, definitely on the Mount Rushmore for sure. Or 14 years at this point. So I, I honestly think that's the route they should go. I, I'm not against the idea of using Stan Lee, you know, digitally or however they want to do it. I just right. don't think that it's the right move. I think they should have done something different, whether it's Kevin Feige. I've also heard some great ones where Deadpool now just have a random Deadpool appearance in the back of different movies through the That'd MCU. Awesome. Yeah. I think it would just be funny, you know, yeah. like why is Deadpool feeding ducks in the park? You know, like just doing something <laughs> dumb like that. It's a Deadpool thing. He's meta, right. that kind of stuff. And I think that would be funny as well, but, uh, yeah, I like I, those I takes, know. honestly. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same with you. Um, I'm yeah, I feel like a Kevin Feige one would be perfect. So yeah, um, I don't want it to run too long since I did run over ten minutes, as I did not promise you. So <laughs> I will. Uh, I we can definitely move one. on. Yep. I, I see one here. I kind of want to get your your. Um, you, you you put real quick. Clone Wars animated show is awesome. Is it something new that you just discovered, or is that something that you've known? 
Uh, so no, I actually just delved into it. I felt like with Obi Wan coming out, I owed I owed it to myself to you know I guess just see their relationship develop in between two and three and stuff. Yeah. And um, it's I'm like six or seven episodes deep in the first season, and, and uh, I was gonna do it more in the Star Wars talk, but really awesome and um, definitely surprised me, and I love it completely. I just got off the episode where the rookie. Um, where all the rookies were together in terms of the clones and stuff. So they had to fight off a couple of the drones and stuff. So it was a really good episode. So yeah, really, really awesome. Suggested 10 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh man. Clone Wars is great. And just wait. Oh man. There's so much I want to talk to you about, but we'll wait to, to get to that. Uh, <laughs> so let's, let's move to our first topic here. The big thing this past week was the Thor love and thunder trailer. Marvel studios finally released that. Uh, let's pull this up real quick here. And, you know, I, again, it, it's all right. Like I'm going to play it. Maybe. Kids get to oh, popcorn. Wait, wait, wait. Now. Let me tell you the story of the space Viking. Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the now, what do you think? Do you think that Korg is is doing this because he's well, dead? He because shape. Thor's dead? He's telling he the story. I have. I sincerely hope not. Um, but I. It's very plausible. Uh, the setting of it, him telling a story to kids and stuff, is kind of. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, spoke too soon. I, I think that's a good possibility. Uh, again, the jokiness, the mask. I don't think the mask is great. We've been asking for the helmet no, for so yeah. long, and it just and then doesn't. We get it. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's because we're so used to the opposite. And I've always been a big Natalie Portman fan. I've I've loved her since forever, essentially. Yeah. But I, I, I'm just really worried about this. I really am. Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting. Uh, I'm interested in this a little bit. He looks good. Yeah, 100%. I do kind of wish he looked more like the comic version because I thought the comic version was really cool looking, but I don't think this. I guess when you hire Christian Bale to be on your... True. To be in your movie, you kind of don't want to hide him, so... Yeah. Looks a little different, though, that's for sure. Yeah. This I'm not a fan of. The Russell Crowe Zeus. Mm-hmm. I don't like the look. Is that Hercules or was that Thor there? I couldn't tell. Yeah, I think it was Thor, honestly. I like the black and white palette that it seems yeah, like they're yeah, on. Yeah, interesting. Let's see who you are. I take off your disguise. Yeah. <laughs> Loki tattoo. Flip too hard, damn it! Should eventually. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I am a bit worried for this movie. I, I think I've been talking about that for a while. The first nope. trailer, the first teaser was very jokey, which I was not a big fan of. This one highlights some of the darker tones that we're going to be getting. But I, I think that Takeaway TD's jokiness is just going to overshadow the dark tone. And I, I'm not a fan of that. I just I'm no. not. 
I mean, I like what what TD did with uh, Ragnarok for sure. Um, I actually suggested it to one of my peers earlier today to give it a watch, and um, I liked what he did. But if we're gonna delve deeper and deeper into that, I'm a, I'm with you. I'm a little on the fence about that. I think some of the classical elements of Thor that we saw in one and two, the Shakespearean elements that we saw in one and two, really played into the character and really gave gave it a different feel and now it feels like it's kind of just sunken into that i guess i referenced it earlier that marvel formula of just kind of more of like a funny tone to it and um while i do like the direction for the character and i think there are going to be elements to this movie that are essential for the character moving forward in terms of establishing its mythology even further um it's going to be an interesting watch i will be watching it premiere night but i do not know if um it's going to be as good as uh, ragnarok that's my concern about it oh. so i don't know i just i i i'm i'm not hyped for this film i i want to see it yeah. but i'm not hyped for it and Maybe that's just because I'm fatigued with Marvel, but we're going to get into that next week. Next week so make yep. sure you tune in to our show next week. We're going to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and if there is MCU fatigue right now. And uh, I'd love to get everybody's thoughts, whether you're somebody who listens or watches, just throw down in the comments what your thoughts are. And you know, if you think that there is fatigue and uh, why there is fatigue at this point with Marvel. So let us know. All right, going to move on to the next topic here. Which is pretty exciting because uh, we got some Blue Beetle leaks the other day. Uh, leaks, I guess. But it's, uh, yeah, let's just pull it up here. We got a couple photos here of Blue Beetle. Uh, Zolo, I can't remember his last name, but uh, he looks damn good. <laughs> yeah. Damn good as Blue Beetle. Yeah. I'm I'm shocked at how good those those. My only my only exposure to Blue Beetle has been through the Teen Titan movies in the the animated universe that they had. Yeah. Um, and I thought he was a pretty cool character, and the fact that they've captured kind of the comic book and kind of out there weird element into the costume is awesome. Honestly, I think I think while I think marvel does a great job now of establishing costumes i think warner bros and dc and to their strength and their credit definitely produce some of the better costumes out there and i think this is a perfect example of this and um i can't wait to see the cgi with it that interacts with the um, i guess legs or just um this the the alien the alien the nature scarab. to it it's a scarab yep. that, so there's a scarab that uh, you know, kind of gives him the, the ability and the powers yep. of the Blue Beetle. So, yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I encourage you. I think I want to say Young Justice has a decent Blue Beetle. I, I can't I can't remember for a fact, but I think it's okay. Young Justice has a decent Blue Beetle story arc. So if you're if you've ever watched Young Justice or if you haven't, it, I dive in. The first two seasons are phenomenal uh, when it comes to the ones after that, I think I, I watched season three but really wasn't into it and i haven't okay. gotten to season four but yeah those first two seasons are great and i believe that's where there was a decent blue beetle storyline um if it wasn't that then i honestly don't know what it was that i saw but it's, yeah um no blue beetle's cool i I'm, I'm looking forward to it i love that actor i think i just great. recently i just recently found out that this was switched from uh i know this was announced a while ago it appears but yeah. it got switched from hbo max to a theatrical release in 2023 so correct that's um, well that's that's a big thing that's going on right now because david yep. zaslav recently stated that dc is going to be theatrical 
minded first. So yeah. if it's not going to be something that can be put out theatrically, it's probably at least at this point, most likely won't get made. Now we do know that Batgirl is still slated to be For released HBO on HBO Max. Max. Yep. That could change, or that could be one of the last ones that we see like that, where it's a DC film that is just put directly on HBO Max. And that could be something that's going on with J.J. Abrams, because remember, he was supposedly going to be working on so much DC content for HBO Max, and a lot of his stuff hasn't come to fruition. And maybe that's why Warner Brothers is a little mad at him, because they're like, look, we paid you all this money. You haven't delivered. What's going on? You know, and now that they're trying to restructure and figure out how to do everything with their DC brand, that's probably why they're pissed off at him, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's um, we're just going to have to wait and see on that. But I think, yeah, I think that situation's heading in the right direction for sure. So, yeah, definitely. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. All right. Uh, Starting today, if you weren't aware, today started Star Wars Celebration and this is one of my favorite times that come up. I love Star Wars Celebration. I've been wanting to get to one for so long, but you know, having a million kids and a job and a life just doesn't always happen like you want it. But eventually, one of these days, I swear I'm going to get to a Star Wars Celebration. But this one, I really thought we were it was going to be pretty big. And, and it just started today. It's only been going on for about five hours now. So it's not like it's deep into it. But we got some pretty big news already today. And the first thing I want to show and talk about is, if I can pull it up here, we got a trailer for Andor. So let's give that a watch. Maybe. Love it. I love the. I guess it, it is like an otherworldly feel for these characters. Like we've never seen something like that, really. Yeah, I like this junk something. Yeah, you know the, some of the things that that woman there. I've heard that we just saw. We see her running later on in the trailer. Supposedly, he's going to be a friend or love interest of Andor. Is what I've heard. Okay troopers in the background and finally see cassian they're so proud of themselves so fat and satisfied that girl there she's the one that's like friends with andor i think this is beautifully shot like everything we've yeah. seen they're watching me now details it, have been put into it for sure and it feels so much like an espionage these days will end like there's it, and it's giving me THX 1138 feels. I don't know if you've ever seen that no. or know what that is. No, I actually don't. You caught me off guard with that one. So uh, THX 1138 was George Lucas's very first film. He started off THX was a student film, and then he made a, That's what a, a you know a full length like. feature of it. Okay, interesting. And uh, let me see love the title card. Oh, no, it's a great title card. And it's streaming August 31st with with two episodes on the nice. first day. Nice. So that's interesting. But I always yeah, love T- when shows do that. 
So THX, obviously, you, I, you've probably seen in the beginning of films where it comes up and it's that loud. Yep. And yep. THX comes up. That's from George Lucas. George Lucas's company created really? that. And that's what it's named after. It's named after THX 1138. So, uh, yeah, but there's a there, I, I, let me see if I can pull it up here uh, real quick. Let me see if I can find it. THX 1138. Some images and I can show you. You can kind of get the feel for or see what I'm talking about here. Cause it really does. Like I, I, I looked at it, like I was watching this. I was like, man, it feels like THX 1138 a little bit, just kind of like the, okay. the aesthetic there. And there's some, I see. Yep. I see what you're talking about. Um, you know, the hallways. Yeah. I mean, it's just different things. Like, it, cause it's really a lot of white and black in that there's some parts in that trailer that re really remind me of THX, but okay. uh, I thought the trailer was phenomenal. I didn't know what to expect. I haven't really been excited about Andor's even from the time it was announced, announced. Yep. but looking at it, like that trailer was absolutely phenomenal. Like I, like I said, it, it got me thinking espionage. It got me thinking of just how beautiful everything looks. This might be one of the best shot Star Wars things that we've ever had. Which is saying something because it's um, we've gotten incredible stuff as um, Trooper Geo says over here. Um, it The show is also the premise of the show is interesting, which I agree with, um, but it's I'm sure it connects to the larger overall storyline in a way in its own unique way. And uh, I feel like it would be interesting. Definitely fills in time. So the for the, between that and the Mandalorian's release. So. Yeah. And again, for those of you who, who aren't aware and or set five years before five years the before events. Rogue One, uh, and it's going to follow the rebel spy Cassian Andor during the, his formative years of the Rebellion. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I honestly, yeah, no, I agree. I beside like I've been looking forward to Obi Wan, so that's tomorrow, which I cannot yeah. wait for. But you know, when it comes to shows, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about Obi Wan, and then really the next thing is Ahsoka. But at this point now. Andor's up on that list. Plus, we're getting yep. twelve episodes. Twelve episodes. Give me two a seasons too. Yeah, and then they've already announced a second season. I'm all for it. I can't wait. I'm all for it. Uh, so that's yeah, that's the uh, the Cassian stuff. But let us know what you think of the trailer. I can't wait to see what this show brings, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I can't. I really can't believe it. Um, all right. The next thing I want to talk about, sticking with the celebration stuff is uh the mandalorian season three they have actually given us some information now i'm not going to show it uh, because i don't want to get slammed by um up oh, there, there it is i don't want to don't, don't scroll down okay <laughs> the trailer has leaked online for the mandalorian however they did not post it star wars did not officially post the trailer uh you can find it it's all over twitter so go look for it if you want to watch it however here's a couple shots from it it looks like uh bo katan is going to be at least one of the antagonists of this season which i'm really looking forward to because i love her as a character katie sackoff does an amazing job she's another one i would love to to sit and talk with because she's just she has such an interesting career and what she's done uh, so i'd love to talk with her sometime but she is a great character and the whole idea with the dark saber and how she wants it because she wants to rule mandalore the person who holds the dark saber rules mandalore but the mandalorian din Djarin, 
has the dark saber and you can only win it in battle. So that's interesting. Then you also have the whole idea that Din is battling himself because he's removed his helmet. So now, like they said in the book of Boba Fett, he has to go to, what is it? The swamps or something of Mandalore to, you know, be cleansed of that. Right. So I think you saw the conflict in him when he was asked, have you removed your helmet? And um, that's going to be a really interesting plot line moving forward in season three. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously Grogu spoiler guys, Grogu is back in the picture as well. And that means that um, a lot's going to be happening. So yeah, skeleton crew. Okay. So yeah, now that you've scrolled past that, this is another thing that has been announced at Star Wars Celebration. And while I try to exercise as much excitement for any project Star Wars related, um, I am completely in the unknown about the skeleton crew. Well, I, saw, I saw Jude Law was attached to it, which couldn't be bad. And then John Watts is the one that's going to be actually directing it. So I'm interested. Take it away. We actually only heard about this about a week or two ago from the Variety or no, Vanity Fair article that came out with Kathleen Kennedy. We nobody knew that this was happening, and we got that information at Vanity Fair. And I think everybody was just like, Okay, that's probably the only information we're gonna get for a while. Maybe they'll bring him out at celebration and say, Hey, he's doing this, but that was pretty much it. Nope. Um, what the heck happened there? There we go. Uh, let's see here, real quick. We got a couple uh comments I want to get to before that. Trooper Geo, I'm not sure how they would make Bo Katan an antagonist. Perhaps this could lead to a conclusion for her character in the form of killing of Din killing Bo, or maybe even Boba killing Bo Katan. Uh, it'd be cool if Boba actually ended up being the ruler of Mandalore like he did in Legends. So, real quick with that, I'm not gonna sit there and say Bo Katan's gonna be like the main antagonist, the the main villain of the show. I think she's going to be an antagonist because she wants the dark saber. And, and yeah, and there's going to be conflict between her mm-hmm. and Din in this show. I agree. Or in this season at least. So whether she is somehow gets it from defeating Din Djarin without killing him, or maybe they do kill off Din in this season. Who knows? Like we don't know because this show was never really supposed to go past season two. So, you know, we, we got to charge the territory. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But anyways, back to the uh, John Watts skeleton crew. So nobody knew about this show until a couple weeks ago and they brought him out and then they gave us a concept art, which you can see right here which is really cool of a ship. Uh, And, you know, they took the stage, talked about the series. It's about a group of kids that get lost in the galaxy. It stars four kids, but it's not a kid's show. Um, And then they gave us the title, which is called Skeleton Crew, and it will be starring Jude Law is the only actor we have attached to it. Now, I do want to say that I heard of makingstarwars.net, if you have ever checked them out, he has a show, uh, a YouTube show as well. He was talking that he saw the cast list for it, like what they're looking for, the the call list, the call, the cast call list, like what they're looking for. Uh, and he said that it's almost exactly the same type of list that was for Ghostbusters Afterlife. So think about, he said, down to the non-binary child or kid. So kind of think that we're probably going to get you know, like Jude Law is supposedly going to be like the Paul Rudd character from that movie uh, in this. And then you're going to have a group of four kids that are similar to the kids from that. So uh, take that as you will. 
take that as you will. But Interesting concept. It is. It is. You know, I, I think it's it's something cool. It's something different. Everybody keeps saying they want different. People want to say, well, let's explore something that isn't part of the Skywalker saga. Let's do this. Well, here you go, guys. You, you're starting to get it, and this is it right here. So I'm looking forward to it. I am. Cue the complaints of where's the where's the, where, where are the Star Wars movies that are focusing on this uh, the Skywars uh, Skywalker saga? So exactly, exactly. And uh, was there anything else I wanted to talk about? Um, skeleton crew, Mando, and or no, it's pretty much it. The only thing I want to talk about celebration real quick is I know that they showed a Willow trailer for the upcoming series Willow, and then they also had Harrison Ford come out and just talk a little bit about Indiana Jones five. Uh, so that's, that's pretty much it. I am a little upset that they showed those two things at star Wars celebration because it's star Wars related, (laughs) but it is what it is. Yeah. They had the opportunity. So it is what it is, but, uh, yeah. So that is that. I think we're going to now move on to our main topic, which is ranking our star Wars movies. So I don't know. We didn't talk. We should have probably talked about this before we sat down, but do we want to just go, you know, 11, 11, 10, 10, 9, yep. 9. Is that how you yep, want to go? go yep. All right. So why don't you, why don't you start it off then? Uh, so real quick for all of you out there, we're going to rank our Star Wars films. I've done this multiple times in the past. I have a couple YouTube shorts like this, TikTok, stuff like that. Uh, but I'm going to tell you my list is pretty much exactly the same. It doesn't really change. Uh, save the last like top two. But that's what we're going to do. We're going to rank the films and talk about them a little bit and go from there. So go to with give a, to give yeah. a little bit of a preview. Our lists are significantly different. So we will definitely be maybe not significantly different, but we will be delving into it for sure. So I was shocked at, at yeah, I was shocked at how different there's a couple that are exactly the same, but yeah. Yep. Okay. So my number 11 will be solo, a star Wars story. Um, if I didn't hear as much production problems with this movie before I even sat in a theater and saw it, maybe I would have a little more of a positive outlook on it. But um, I guess not not fully knowing, but just like hearing the outskirts from the outskirts of the whisperings that were going on during production and the director's change and then this, that and the other. And um, Kathleen Kennedy, I believe, revealed in that same interview that referenced the John Watts project that. They asked her, would you ever recast any of the classic characters? And she kind of used Solo Star Wars stories, kind of a reference of, yeah, no, we're definitely not doing that. We're definitely not doing that again. And um, it's a shame because I believe the actor, if I botch his name, I'm that's why I'm not going to really say his name. Was it Alden? Alden Aaron Wright. Yep. Yep. So he basically, so I thought he did a solid job, but overall the movie was uh, significantly lacking for me. So that's my number 11. So your number 11, uh, you know, uh, I'll get into solo when I get to mine, but I, 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 I don't know. I, I just think it, it's a sorely underappreciated film for sure, but okay. Uh, number 11 for me is the last Jedi. Uh, which is shocking for a lot of people, I think, because yeah, so many so many people think The Last Jedi is this masterpiece of a Star Wars film. And I'm going to tell you this. There are two things about that movie that I really, really enjoyed when it came to the sequel trilogy. One is the cinemato- cinematography. It is an absolutely beautifully shot movie. There's that scene on Crate with... Luke and Kylo. That is such a beautiful shot. Yeah. Uh, there's so many others, even on Octu, there it is beautifully shot. And the uh, the other thing I do really enjoy is 
Ryan Johnson understands Star Wars better than J.J. Abrams did. And he was willing to dive into some of the things that George Lucas most likely would have dove into, such as exploring the Force and expanding on the Force. And I give him credit for that. Do I like the direction he took it completely? Not necessarily, but as a movie, as a story from starting at point A to getting to point B in a movie, uh, it was poorly executed. The characters are in the same place they were at the end of the movie as they were in the beginning of the movie, or really in the beginning of The Force Awakens. So for me, as a film, it falls flat. It has some redeeming qualities, but uh, it just, for me, it is definitely bottom of my list. So my number 10 would be The Phantom Menace. Um, That'd be episode one, The Phantom Menace. Um, I love Qui-Gon. I love Liam Neeson's performance as Qui-Gon. This movie is... um, this. if there was just only more thought and, ex- and, and execution put into the actual plot of the movie, I'd be a lot more, I guess, happy with it. But I thought the performances were fine. I think getting introduced to Anakin, obviously, at the stage that we get introduced to him is interesting. Um, the midi, the midi chlorian thing is something that Star Wars fans will debate forever and ever <laughs> and ever. And um, you know that it's. It's a movie that almost feels unnecessary in a way, but obviously it is important in terms of just setting the stage for what happens in episode two and then subsequently in episode three. So I I don't hate this as much as I guess I would have hate for other parts of other movies that we're going to list. But um, yeah, just for me, 10, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the same number for me. That's number 10 on my list as well. And uh the one thing I understand, I mean, when it came out in 1999, I was 13 years old and I was ecstatic. I remember getting home from school on May 19th, two, or 2000, uh, 1999, May 19th, got home. My brother was home. He I jumped in his car and we went to the theater to see it. I was so freaking excited. I came out of the theater and I was still excited because I was 13. It was right. made for me. That's that's what he was aiming for. George Lucas was aiming for that like 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 age range. That's what he was shooting for with this movie. And I loved it. And when it came out on VHS, yes, it came out on VHS. It did not hit DVD for a couple of years after that. So when it first hit VHS, that thing was in my VCR nonstop. I was watching it constantly. I remember I had my first real girlfriend in that when that came out. And I remember her coming over and we were just hanging out in my living room, sitting on the couch. And I was watching that, not paying attention to my girlfriend. So like I loved the movie when it came out, but as I grew up and started to really look at it, uh, you're right. I think that he could have done better with the story, but what sets this movie apart from say the last Jedi, which is last on my list is the complete understanding of the star Wars lore and it had a direction. And there was a, there was a beginning middle and end where these characters had an arc and they're, they're They, they all learned something or became something different. They were all in a different place come the end of the film. And obviously Duel of the fates, you have that lightsaber battle at the end of the film with Darth Maul, Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, and at that point in time in 1999, we saw nothing like it. I remember the trailer where they unveiled Darth Maul. I think it was on Good Morning America. My mom actually let me stay home from school to watch that trailer. 
So, yeah, I mean, it's got a special place in my heart, but I do see it for what it is. I get the people that love it, but for me, it's number 10. Okay, so moving on to number nine, I believe we both agree on number nine as well. So it's going to be the Rise, episode nine, The Rise of Skywalker, which is quite frankly, honestly, really disappointing. And I just want to give a quick story. So for the premiere, um, I tried to buy tickets as soon as the tickets went online on Fandango and Fandango just crashed like it always does for ticket premieres. And um, so I was I ended up getting tickets for that Thursday for 2 a.m. And I called out of work that next day, whatever. So the trains in New York City do not run on a frequent basis at 1 a.m. So you do have to catch a train at a relatively early time. Missed that train. So I had to take a $40 Uber to the theater just to get there at 2.15. Thankfully, the trailers were still going on. So as soon as I got there, sat down. And I left and had to wait 30 minutes for the next train at around 5.30 a.m. to just go home. I felt really disappointed after watching this movie. You know, it obviously has its parts where it's just like, wow. But for something that I personally felt like should have had a bigger feel than like, let's say, Avengers Endgame, I really felt like it fell short. The story definitely felt choppy. Um, it's just a common complaint with the trilogies that every movie subsequently uh, conflicts each other. Like it contradicts the movie that comes before it. And it really is disappointing that um, for a company that owns Marvel and shows how Marvel is so well organized that there really wasn't a plan for these episodes, these seven through nine episodes. Like it really was just, pardon my French, throw shit on a wall and see what kind of stuck in, in a way. And J.J. Abrams did what he had to do, but you could definitely tell the production problems behind it. And it's really disappointing to see how it ended. And honestly, for me, two Lucasfilm from me is do better and be better than <laughs> what episode nine was, honestly. And thank God that a break has happened ever since episode nine. So it has its moments, which is why it's above the first, the other two films that we've talked about. But um, yeah, no, what a disappointment, honestly. It, it, it's really funny because I'm sitting here thinking like, man, I, I honestly think the rise of Skywalker is going to be. Oh, uh, one second. Hold on a second. Sorry about that. Um, anyways, so like I, I, you know, I'm sitting there thinking like, man, I should probably put this, you know, like the Phantom Menace should be higher than this because I, I have, I've, I saw the Rise of Skywalker opening night. I saw it that weekend and then I didn't watch it again until it came out on digital and I watched it on digital and I haven't watched it since I've watched it three times. It is the least amount of times I've watched a Star Wars, Star film. Wars film. Yep. And you know, there's, there's something about it that, Again, I think it's a it's a relatively beautiful film, uh, you know, cinematog cinema cinematography wise, but the story just isn't good. And I honestly am sitting here thinking I might actually swap that in the Phantom Menace. I might actually put the Phantom Menace at nine and Rise of Skywalker at ten because it is a disappointing uh, finish to the Skywalker saga. Because to me they didn't do it justice. They didn't justify bringing Palpatine back. They didn't clear up the confusion that people would have on yep. who is the chosen one. Uh, while I tried to, I even read an article right after the film came out. I tried to say, well, the movie really it's, it's showing us that Anakin is the chosen one. And I went 
I jump through a bunch of hoops to make it make sense, and it really doesn't. So, you know, for me, yeah, I no, think, it's I, I think they just dropped the ball. And I, I'm not even going to sit there and say I was against the idea of her being a Palpatine. I think that that's fine. But, you know, I think the one thing that really just ruins it for me, and I know a lot of people will say, oh, you know, you're just whining because of she chose it. But calling yourself a Skywalker at the end, I'm not a fan of. Uh, yeah. Because her relationship, oh, her relationship with, with Luke wasn't all that good. And technically, Leia, while she was a Skywalker, never went by the Skywalker name. And while their relationship shows that they were a little bit close, like that they were somewhat close in this film... We weren't able to dive into that at all because of her untimely death, right. uh, Carrie Fisher's untimely death. So, yeah, I'm a little I have to say I'm actually going to flop or flip Phantom Menace and The Rise of Skywalker. Look at that. This conversation has kind of uh, changed your concrete list over there. So that's kind of uh, it's promising because Rise of Skywalker, mm -hmm. just the experience I had going to it and everything, just negative overall. So. Mm -hmm. If I had to rank all of them out of 10, out of a scale of 10, this would probably be the lowest, honestly. So, Wow. Yeah. So, all right. So the next one, which are, we're on eight. So go for it. Eight, eight. Attack of the Clones. So this is, um, I don't know, this is probably not in agreement with a lot of fans, but uh, I struggle with this movie in a way sometimes with certain things. And... Um, you know, it's 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 weird to explain, honestly. I, I I know that you have this a little bit higher than than I do, and um, I would like to definitely hear your thoughts and opinions on it when, when you do eventually get to it. But I just felt like there were some interesting choices made, and um, now thinking that watching the Clone Wars, the animated show, it's definitely redeemed it in a way, but. Um, I, I don't know. It. I would. I'm curious to hear your opinion about it, but I'll wait for you to get to to the number that you got, so so we can have a more full discussion about it. But to be continued once we get to your side of it. Okay. Uh, for me, number eight is Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, this is a movie, like I said, whenever you brought it up, it, it's underappreciated. I think Alden Ehrenreich does a great job as as a young Han Solo. I think that. Uh, Donald Glover is phenomenal oh, as 100%. Lando. F phenomenal as Lando. I enjoyed it. Does it have its issues? Absolutely. But I think it's a fun departure from our typical Star Wars adventures that we've seen. It is just something different. It's nice to see a different side of the galaxy. And that's yep. something that everybody keeps saying they want. And we got it with Solo and it just didn't. It didn't do what it was supposed to do. Obviously, we know all the 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 difficulties they had with Lord and Miller, who were originally directing it. Then they had to bring in uh, Ron Howard, Howard to finish yep. it. So there was all those issues there. And believe it or not, I would actually really like to see what Lord and Miller were doing. I would love to see what it was that they were making. But uh, I don't hate this movie. Again, it's not the best, but I think it's a lot better than what people give it credit for for what Finally it was got doing. To see finally got to see the castle run so it was, yeah uh, it yeah was, even though it was a little weird but yep. yeah no you're you're exactly right we got to see some things that we really really have always questioned and, and wondered and we got yep. to see it i think the probably the biggest issue for me there's two i didn't like how he gets his name solo i thought that was kind of ridiculous right. and i also didn't like the relationship between lando and his robot i thought that was a little a little, yeah. little weird yeah 
besides that, I thought the movie as a whole was great. You know, then we got the big cameo surprise of Darth Maul at the end. Like, come on. You know, no, I no, thought it was great. It's, it's more solid than I give it credit for, but just, I don't know. It's, uh, the, it, it looked, it, just certain movies have a sense of being messy behind the scenes. And this just reeked of just messiness and studio problems and production problems and just yeah. like quick script turnovers and stuff like that. So that's just my opinion. But um, yeah, so moving on, uh, we were on seven, I believe. We are on seven. Yes. So seven for me, I think we're both in agreement on this one is Rogue One. Yep. Um, so I recently actually got my girlfriend to start watching the Star Wars films and just recently happened. And I the route that I went was for show her Rogue One first. Okay. Figured with the Figured with the modern um, effects and stuff, it would get her interested so that it's a perfect ramp up to episode four. And it's one of the best decisions I've made because she is in complete understanding of everything that is the problem in episode four. And I think that's why this film works so much is that it's such a great ramp up to what we know happens and what we see happens almost to the very minute of the opening of the opening scene of episode four. So I think it's a great movie. It's just lower on my list because there are some heavy hitters that we are going to be talking about above them. But for what it was, I thought it was a great performance. Obviously it's led to Cassian Andor getting his own Disney plus series. So I think it was a really great film for what it was. And the droid was hilarious. The name is escaping me, but K2SO. Yes, K2SO, <laughs> Jin was great, Galen was great, so great movie overall. It's just unfortunate that some of the other movies that were made in the episodic in the episodic trilogies are uh, just better, honestly, but yeah. great movie overall. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it also. It's number seven for me as well. I, I really enjoyed it. Again, it was that nice departure from our typical Star Wars adventure. Now, this is a little bit more connected than, say, Solo was, but I really, really thought it was a a fun adventure and one that was dark. I mean, the, all of the good guys die at the end, (laughs) you know, like there's no, there's no happy ending here. We know what's going to happen. And then the Darth Vader scene at the end was, was, and that's just great. You couldn't like, um, this is just recent. We just finished episode four, uh, today or earlier yesterday. And, um, you know, the ending of episode four with the, with the Death Star blowing up kind of feels like such like retribution for those characters that all died on the beach and on just during the battle overall. And um, it's great. It, it, was, it was just great, honestly. So it's yeah, it really um, yeah. All right. Six. Another one that's pretty much the same. I thought you said our lists were completely different. Well, uh, I mean, just, <laughs> I guess I guess just the rankings of some of the other movies, because yeah. we'll, we'll get into where we get different probably next, honestly. So yeah, it is the next, Force yeah. Awakens, the Force Awakens is uh, number six for me. I think it was good for what it was. Um, and I've been saying that I feel like a lot with some of these movies, but for me, the characters that were introduced were really interesting. The premise was really interesting. We got to see, I want to say a different side of stormtroopers, but we just got to see more like, I guess a humanized experience with the stormtrooper and that instead of clones this time around, I believe they're just people taken from their planets at a very young age and stuff. And that was interesting to me, um, seeing Finn's development, um, Oscar Isaac's Poe, Dameron's uh, development. I thought it was a really good movie, obviously bringing Han back and teasing Luke at the end. 
Um, it was a solid movie for me, solid Star Wars movie, solid to get us all back in and with a more modern take on it, I guess you could say. Uh, definitely see the Marvel formula a little bit in it in terms of jokes and stuff like that. But that's also something that Star Wars introduced, I guess, firsthand because watching episode four definitely has its moments of uh, levity and stuff. So I think it was a kind of levity, though. It's it's more dry. Yes, exactly. And and the execution and I guess the execution of those jokes are a lot more a lot better, honestly, instead Mm -hmm. of the throw in joke just here and there. But it was awesome getting reunited characters we haven't seen in a long time. I can only imagine people that have actually waited the time span in between what episode four was and what episode um, seven, when episode seven released, which I believe was in 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So that's, um, I thought the performances were great. Obviously, um, Ray will always be a controversial character to many, but I liked her. I liked where we met her and i liked where she finished off honestly and that ending scene with luke is one of the one of the better endings to a star wars film in terms of just pure shock and cliffhangers so i thought it did a job force awakens was a great reintroduction to star wars uh i i got the i i had the chance and the the privilege of not just watching this movie through my own eyes, but my children's eyes as well. Uh, their first time, this is not saying that I didn't introduce star Wars to them before this, because I absolutely did, but this was a new experience because uh, this, these were the characters that they were going to grow up with where I grew up with the original trilogy, because I started in the, the mid nineties watching the original trilogy. That's that's, I would get home from school and uh, that's what I would put on. My kids now are talking about Kylo Ren and, and Ray and you know Poe and everything like that. So I had the the privilege of of seeing it through their eyes, which I think gives me a different view on it than a lot of people. And so again, I think it was a great reintroduction to the to the the franchise. Uh, but I, I think that it played it safe, and that's kind of why it's number six. It's not my top five because I think it played it a little too safe in bringing it back. They. Disney Lucasfilm was so afraid of falling into the prequel hate that the prequels got that they played it so safe here. And then they completely did a 180 with the next one, (laughs) you know? So uh, that's, that's my only big issue with it. I really enjoy the movie. I, I, I enjoy it. I would say that I would have cast somebody completely different for Ray. I, I'm not a Daisy Ridley fan. I have not seen a single thing that she's in that I said, huh, she's a good actress. I just have, okay. but that's just me. That's just me. You know, I, I mean, I, I get it. I'm not shitting on her per se, but if she just doesn't, she doesn't do it for me in star Wars or really anything I've watched with her. So uh, besides that, I, you know, the casting for everybody else was phenomenal was absolutely yeah. phenomenal. So, yeah, I, I again, number six. Can't say much more than that. Cool. <laughs> so, number five for me is actually episode five or episode six, and that would be The Return of the Jedi. Um, this movie did what it was supposed to do. It kind of closed out the original, the original premise and plot. Um, to me, th- out of the three original films, four, five, and six, it's – I don't want to s- – say blasphemous blasphemous blasphemy things but um it was it's probably the most boring one out of the three 
I would argue. Um, I think the first two do a great job of captivating me right away and getting right into the action. While two take, while episode five does take its time a little bit, we we are thrown right into the main story. But um, I thought kind of what you said, safe in a way, like it just kind of ended um, with the heroes winning and just celebrating at the end, and um, you know, just kind of. Played it safe, great movie, but just for me, played it safe in a way. So that's my number five. Number five for me is Attack of the Clones. And this is another one, much like Solo, that okay. I think is underappreciated. And I get, you know, the the Lucas writings, George Lucas's writing and dialogue is not great. And a lot of people will, you know, get upset at, at Hayden Christensen because he, he acts wooden in this film. But I think overall he does, he does exactly what he was supposed to do. He's not, you have to remember like the way that George Lucas wrote him is how Hayden Christensen act acted. And he was supposed to be this kind of wooden character because, you know, he's very one dimensional. Everything he wants is for himself. And that's constantly what he's battling with is because the Jedi way is not that, but he wants his mother saved. He wants to be with Padme. He wants to do this. He wants to go off here. And, you know, his, his teen angst, I guess you can say on top of the like just the stoic woodenness of him i really enjoy and no he and and natalie portman do not have chemistry they don't however i do appreciate the love story i am a sucker for a good love story and i actually enjoy that this love story even though they don't have a lot of chemistry it's that you know forbidden love and it's just i think it really works to set up where Anakin ends up being, you know, come the end of the the next film. Uh, So I really, really enjoyed this movie. Plus, you know, I think it was, it was one of those films that, again, I was 15 at the time when this came out and I was just over the moon about it because it's Star Wars. It's pushing the bar when it comes to filmmaking. Everything just looked huge and grand and while you take a look at the special effects today it doesn't really hold up but back right. then in 2002 that was State pretty impressive yeah so for me you know that's why it sits so high it is in my top five which again i don't think it makes a lot of people's top five but it, i think it's it's a lot better than what people give it credit for okay so number four for me would be pretty surprisingly the last jedi episode eight which is where he ranks right on the bottom of your list but <laughs> i appreciated the effort that this movie made to make it different i really um enjoyed some of the plots that were introduced that kind of just straight away from what we were introduced in episode seven like as you said episode seven was a reintroduction to star wars and not for nothing it didn't break any barriers in terms of plot development of anything like that i think it's just a modern day take on episode four that's how it kind of feels like to me um so that's kind of where i'm at with episode seven um i thought episode eight like i said tried to do a better job of just doing something different um, it's probably the most beautifully shot film out of the three and plot wise, I thought it was a smart plot in a way. Um, the strategy of going light speed right through the, um, star destroyer was one of the most beautifully shot scenes I've seen in quite a while, honestly. And 
it was just shocking to see that happen. And I haven't felt genuinely shocked with any of the other movies. And I haven't had a moment of, wow, like, yeah, that happened, you know, <laughs> and that's kind of the point of these movies is to have a moment where you're just in your seat and you just take a step back mentally. And it's just like, wow, this is happening. And like that just happened. And yeah, the other movies lack that moment. And um, you could argue with me if, if they do or not, but um, I just believe that the last Jedi has a couple of those moments where it's just like, wow, like that really I, happened, you know? So see that's, and that's the problem with the last Jedi for me, because the last Jedi is just one scene after another is, Oh, you think, you know, you think, you know what, you know, well, nope, it's this. Oh, you think, you know, nope, it's this. It, he was constantly, Ryan Johnson was constantly trying to uh, circumvent our the expectations. Wheel. And it was just kind of like, it got old after a while because yeah. it, Here's the thing. Star Wars has a history for shocking moments. Now, it's not like it was a, a twist. You know, a lot of people get confused when it comes to twists or shocking moments and stuff like that. There was no twist in The Empire Strikes Back, which is my, actually my number four. That wasn't a twist, that moment when he says, no, I am your father. That was a reveal. That is something that's a that's a reveal that is like, oh, OK, that's interesting. That was not meant to be like a. M. Night Shyamalan twist or anything. Yeah. But Ryan Johnson tried to do that. He tried to just constantly give us little twists throughout the entire film. Oh, to look, you think, oh, you think Luke is really there? Nope. He's it's just a, an illusion. Oh, you think this? Nope. It's just here. So that's my issue with it. Uh, one of the issues I have with it. So <laughs> yeah. Um, did you want to say anything respect else it. on that? No. So the uh, I kind of I respect your point of view from it for sure, but just for me, it I guess for the modern day trilogy that we were given in terms of what Episode Seven was and playing it safe and what Episode Nine was and being complete and total mess, um, I thought it was just a solid middle ground where it moved the plot forward and yeah. it kind of I understand what you're saying where characters development may not have been as large as you think, but I do think these moments, whatever they go through in these movies and in any movie is character development. So yeah, I, I appreciate what it tried to do and tried to differentiate itself, but I do see some of the points you're making. Um, but yeah, my number four is Empire Strikes Back. Uh, it's a lot higher than a lot of other people's lists. Uh, and you know, even yours, it's higher than, than number yeah. four, obviously, but um, for me, that wasn't the movie that really like grasped me with Star Wars. I'm like, I, when I sit there and think about what I, how I watched Star Wars when I was a kid, I watched A New Hope more than Empire Strikes Back. I watched Return of the Jedi more than Empire Strikes Back. I enjoyed it for what it was, but for me, there is there's a lot of downtime, slow moments in that movie. Um, and as an adult, I appreciate it more because you know it's story, it's it's developing everything, but. In all honesty, like when I sit there and think about it, like I've had more fun and enjoyment watching other films than Empire Strikes Back, which again isn't saying it's a bad movie. It's a phenomenal film. And again, it gives us that reveal that, you know, if you were alive in 1980, what is that, 81 or 80, you're sitting there thinking, like, is he telling the truth or is he lying? What is that? So, yeah, that's that's me, number four, Empire. Cool. So number three, I, we're both in agreement with The New Hope. Um, yep. Just the beginning of everything, the start of my adornment and love for this universe. And it's just classic. It never seems to have a slow moment or a dull moment. Um, there's always something intriguing going on. And just 
probably the funniest scene ever in Star Wars is Han Solo speaking to the stormtrooper, I guess, sergeant or whatever. And yeah. just um, it's a moment that had me absolutely on the floor rolling when I was watching it yesterday. And um, it's just a good balance of that. Good story, good heart. I realized that kind of towards the middle of the movie that CP3O and um, R2D2 are really the heart of the movie and stuff. And it's, well, it's, the one thing you have to remember is he was writing these films from the, the eyes of the droids of R2 and 3PO. So the, these stories are being told by, from their perspective. So that's kind of why when you watch the original trilogy, they are at the heart of everything going on yeah. in some form or fashion, which is something that they lost in the sequel trilogy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm with you. A New Hope is just a, it's a great film. It's enjoyable. Uh, it, it, it's a perfect encapsulation of the hero's journey from start to finish obviously you can expand the hero's journey across all three films but in one movie that is a perfect example of the hero's journey which is phenomenal yeah, yeah no great movie overall and uh, really just like i said the beginning of my love for it so it would always have a near and dear place in my heart number two so, number two for me is the empire strikes back i'm gonna keep it nice short and simple the reveal um <laughs> that's just I guess top cinematic moments ever. So it's yeah. just, it's a great movie overall. And I think getting introduced to other legacy characters like Yoda, um, I, b- I believe Lando gets introduced in this as well, yep. or is that, yep. Yeah, so that, okay. so it's just a real, it's a plethora of Star Wars characters that we've grown up and loved and uh, just a solid movie for me. And the reveal just kind of takes it in terms of, takes it on top. Like, mm-hmm. I tried, I, I guess I tried to think of this objectively, but that's just the main moment in my head that keeps popping up in my head. So, and number two for me, uh, I know you have obviously another original episode yep. for sure. As number, uh, number two. Yeah, num- number two, Return of the Jedi. Now, this one can flop with number one easily. Uh, this is the one that I watched the most as a kid was Return of the Jedi. Uh, not because of the Ewoks, even though the Ewoks are adorable and awesome. Uh, but when it comes to Return of the Jedi, to me, this is the one that that wraps up the story so well. The emotional impact of the final act of this film with Luke and Vader and Palpatine and everything going on on Endor, I feel that it was just executed almost to perfection. Uh, even like the the beginning portion, which is a little bit slow at Jabba's you know Jabba's palace and the sail barge, it's a little slow. But once you get past that that first thirty minutes, this movie picks up and it just takes you on this journey where it's just nonstop fun, action, seriousness. I, I just love it so much. And you know, it's funny because you said that you felt that it played it safe because the heroes come out in the end. But you have to remember when you're coming off the heels of the Empire Strikes Back, where the heroes lost you had to have that moment where they become Redemption, right? And it's expected. I just felt like there were certain elements that could have played out, I guess, a little more riskier in a way. Like, there could have been bigger risks taken for yeah. for what it was being the the end to the original trilogy. But I still have, I still love the movie, and I still love the way it played out. Ewoks are totally a win, for <laughs> sure. And, and um, the one thing that, you know, that people need to realize is, we're getting the Obi-Wan Kenobi show coming up and there's a scene in return of the Jedi that I think is, is more telling than anything else. There's a scene when Vader and Luke are talking on the bridge to the AT-AT and he goes, you know, or Luke is like, you know, I know there's still good in you. I, I feel the good in you, the conflict or whatever, or I, I don't know exactly what he says there, but it's something like that. And Vader goes, 
Obi-Wan once thought as you do. And we've never seen that. And I think we're going to see that in the Obi-Wan show. So that's that I'm looking forward to that for sure. Tomorrow okay, won't be a long wait. It, yeah. It's both the same for us, and it's going to be Revenge of the Sith. Yep. Um, there's not much to say about this. This movie is, I think, the you said it for I believe episode four, if I'm not mistaken, where it's just the perfectly constructed Star Wars movie. This movie just is a heavy hitter from start to finish, and the revenge of the sith just the final hour of it that's really all i need to sell anybody on to just watch this movie so yeah it's uh it's just honestly a epic and um really just the top of what i would imagine a star wars film to be and it's um obviously in agreement with you so i would like to hear what you think about it yeah so revenge of the sith i think much like return of the jedi is a, ber- a perfect way to uh, complete that trilogy. And for me, at least, you know, from being a kid in the nineties and hearing the rumors and hearing, watching all the interviews with, with George Lucas and hearing about this, this battle on a volcanic planet with him, with Obi-Wan and Anakin, that just, you know, that really piqued my interest growing up. So the fact that we got to see this here was, uh, just exciting to me, and I couldn't wait to to watch that moment. Not to mention that it is still to this day the longest sword battle in film history, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I was absolutely looking forward to every aspect of this. The relationship between Obi Wan and Anakin, you know, that moment you were my brother, Anakin. I loved you. Like that just hits so well. And it, if you can't tell, I'm I'm a sucker for a good emotional punch. And uh, you know, I think you felt the pain throughout that whole battle, oh, honestly, and the conflict absolutely. between both characters. Characters and yeah. hopefully that's something that maybe we get to follow up on just in a couple of hours actually so yeah hopefully we'll, we'll just have to wait and see mm-hmm. for those two episodes to pop up but yeah. great movie great great epic and uh that's our list guys so yeah def- definitely let us know what you think about it yeah let us know in the comments what your list is what you think of star wars all that jazz let us know if you hate our list. Yell at us. I don't care. That's fun. I like I like talking to people that, that are mad at me. But make sure you also hit that like button, hit subscribe, all that jazz to follow us. Next week, we are going to be talking about Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is there MCU fatigue? I'm really curious to know what people think. If there is fatigue, I kind of think there might be. I don't know. We'll see. Fascinating topic. <laughs> it is a very fascinating topic. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but yeah, I got nothing else. What do you got? Oh, well, may the force be with everybody, and I hope everybody that's watching or around or just in general Star Wars fan get to enjoy the next 24 hours because it's something that we have waited for a while, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So uh, thanks, everybody, and we'll talk to all of you later. Uh, cool man good show cool cool uh same time next week i'll see you uh next week yes sir take it easy cool oh man that was the